You are listening to highlights from an episode of The Creative Process. To listen to the full interview and learn more about The Creative Process's projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. Did you start from a character and find your way to a theme, or is it a theme and how, in some of your most recent books, how did they come about? Like you, mm-hmm. I'm working on a project. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, <clears throat> I decided that because there is so much misunderstanding of the Muslim world and so much misinformation about the Muslim world that I needed as a writer to try to do something that one can do in terms of creative writing in terms of fiction that one cannot do in terms of journalism or in terms of polemic essays, which is to introduce the lay reader to a world that was significantly different from the Western world, but also significantly similar in terms of fundamental human qualities that make the Muslim culture culturally unique. And then three novels that dealt specifically with the last 14 experiences, uh, 14 years of experience of war. Oh, yeah. So in terms of the set of three cultural novels, for the first one I wrote a novel based around a storyteller in Marrakesh. Uh, the title for that novel was The Desert of Love because it drew on the Sufi theme of love, which means the abnegation of the self, which means complete surrender. It had another title as well? Uh, The story title. Yes. That that (laughs) was my American, you know, publishers. Publishers are very conservative when it comes to titles. Yeah. Um, I am working on a very large book now, which is book two in that trilogy, which is not... You know, they're each unique novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is set in Iran, and it deals with painting and calligraphy. Okay. And the final novel in that cultural set will be set in Abbasi Baghdad uh, in the 9th century, and will deal with uh, basically what you and I do, the world of books, because... So many institutions that are part of publishing in the West today started in Abbasi Baghdad. Book readings, book cafes, paperbacks, um, libraries, patronage of writers by publishers. Um, So those are the three novels that deal with cultural aspects and are set in different parts of the Muslim world. The cultural set of three novels, my intention is much more to be an educator, to basically expose your lay reader in Paris or, I don't know, Marseille, Lyon, you know, Texas, to aspects of Islamic culture that I can guarantee you that they have no idea about. 
Yes, it's. And it is an enormously rich culture which served as the bridge between classical cultures in India, for instance, or Greece, and the Western Renaissance. I'm not Muslim, but I felt an obligation, a moral obligation, to educate myself and realized how little I knew about the world because, of course, like most uh, urban, educated, literate elite from the third world, my education was fundamentally Western, and at a rather late middle age, I am now discovering uh, the culture of the world I come from. And I think it happens to all of us. I think what is going on now is we are being forced to recognize that this paradigmatic Western civilization that we are part of, that we have been indoctrinated with, has some, ve you know, some fundamental flaws. And the most fundamental flaws is this automatic assumption that everything coming from the West always came from the West, had no other origins, whereas it's almost, you know, it, it's almost the opposite. If you look at the three religions of the book, they all came from the fourth religion of the book, which no one knows much about, which was uh, uh, the Avestan religion, which became Zoroastrianism. But the concept of good and evil, the idea of a prophet, the idea of angels, even something as little as the Christmas tree. It all was cannibalized and repackaged. Absolutely. Um, and this is the kind of history that we are not made aware of because we are told a particular story. Mm. We are told a particular fiction. That there is more to read and learn than you probably have time in your lifetime. And it's like an elation, mm. but it's also like a complete stupefaction and anger that you were denied this because you had no idea. And, mm. you know, you blame yourself because why didn't you want to find out? Because you were on a set trajectory, right? You, mm. you, you go to an undergraduate college wherever, you pick up your education, and then uh, you go get a job somewhere. Mm. We, we have lost... Well, in the West, anyway, have lost a certain sensitivity towards of calligraphy. Of everyone does email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, we not, don't know what that means It's now. not just the, the art of the right, the, the, you know, the physical art of the writing, but it's also the physical art of composition, the letter. Yes. Um, there is an aesthetic satisfaction to handwriting a letter, putting it in a beautiful envelope, sealing the envelope with wax, mm -hmm. writing the name with a calligraphic flourish, putting it in the mailbox. Today, really, <laughs> a letter, a simple letter, has become a work of art because no one does it. Yes, it is. I, tr I try to, but it, it's hard. But it, it's funny because it's just like musical interpretation. You know, you can have a quite banal... Um, a lyric, like I was listening to Sam Cooke, You Send Me, or something. But, you know, he makes that sound so emotional and in the same I imagine with calligraphy if you can still appreciate it has that possibility of giving the dimensions absolutely
Want to get involved in exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.